0: Welcome back! I'm Michael, your host for the Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will begin my discussion of Matthew at chapter 8. I have quite a few notes regarding the depaganizing paganizing of this chapter, so let's get to it. The first correction is in verse 4. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man, I am willing, he said be clean. Immediately the leper was cured of his leprosy. What has been omitted originally said Jesus said to him, go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony. The concept of offering a sacrifice according to the laws of Moses is evidence of antichrist. It is oppositional to the truth of Christ that he would tell someone to make a sacrifice according to the laws of Moses when his mission as the Messiah was to end the pagan sacrifices and revoke the laws of Moses that the heretics were using to oppress the population under Roman rule. The inclusion of this ideology is irrefutable evidence that pagan heretics editorialized the text of the New Testament. The next point is in verse 5, which now says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a wealthy man." came to him and asked for help. The paganized testimony says that a Roman pagan centurion approached Jesus with a request to heal his servant as if he were more of a believer in what Jesus was doing than most Jews. A pagan Roman centurion would not have approached Jesus in this manner of faith and portrayal of a centurion in the gospel had the errant purpose of relating the story to Roman peoples. It is a curse of false witness for the text to have been edited to use Roman persona in this manner. And the most reasonable substitute is to say the person was wealthy without insinuating he was a Roman who would not have had any faith in God or Judaism. They worship idols and pagan mythologies. The curse has been removed. The next point is in verse 11 which says, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. This prophecy is evidence that the United States is in fact in biblical prophecy, despite there being pagan heretical theologians, some of them with doctorate degrees, who claim otherwise. Jesus is clearly prophesying that there will be people in other nations outside the region of Israel who will be gathered into the kingdom of heaven for their faith, when those of Israel will be rejected by God for their faithlessness. The next note is for verse 17, which says, All of these miracles of healing occurred as the proof that Jesus was the anointed one of God, the man chosen to be the Messiah, and he was the one of whom the prophet Isaiah foretold. The reference is to Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5, which has relevancy in this case. The pagan editor used this reference inappropriately as an anachronism and inserted it with the misquotation of Isaiah's prophecy. The depaganized correction presents the purpose of this reference more appropriately than the cursed version. This next one is going to boil the brains of apostolics who refuse to accept the validity of the book of Enoch despite the validation of that text being among the Dead Sea Scrolls. Verse 20 says, Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. The phrase Son of Man originated in the book of Enoch and appears throughout the Old Testament books of the prophets who use this phrase to refer to themselves. A Son of Man is a human being and differs from Son of Woman who is a man who ha- that has no man as his father. The distinction goes back to the time of Noah whose birth as an albino frightened his father, Lamech, who thought that Noah might have been the prohibited offspring of an angel, son of God. Jesus Christ referred to himself as son of man the same as the ancients because he was the son of Joseph and a human being. He clearly refers to himself as son of man because he knew he was the offspring of a man and a woman and completely human, which is the true meaning of the phrase. Pagans and heretics have sought to make son of man synonymous with son of God. But that is not correct. At no time in his life would Jesus Christ have exalted himself by saying that he was the Son of God, and he knew the difference. A Son of God was an angel, and angels were eternal spiritual beings, not made of flesh and blood, the same as human beings. Jesus Christ was a human being who bled and died on the cross when he was tortured and murdered by pagan Romans. He was a Son of Man, a human being. The next note is about verses 24 through 27. This is the story of how a storm came up and Jesus woke up because Jesus slept. He was a human being and he was sleeping and they woke him up and they said, hey, we're going to drown. And he said, why are you so afraid? He replied, why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? Then he got up and prayed to God, the father, asking for the seas to be calm. As soon as he had spoken, the waters and the winds became calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? God hears his prayers and response, without delay. Jesus did not have the power to calm the seas because he did not receive the power of the archangel Uriel, who governs the nature of winds, the seasons, and the movements of the planets. It was a pagan who fraudulently gave these powers to Jesus in the story, but Jesus would have had faith to pray and ask God for this miracle. The message in this passage is about having faith, not that Jesus had powers of sorcery, or magic as pagans erroneously believed and fraudulently portrayed by these falsifications in the testimonies. This next one is very important as evidence which disproves the pagan theology of Catholicism. Verse 28 through 30. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted, Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Jesus cast out the demons of those men who ceased their blasphemous accusations and curses. Those men went into the town praising God for their release from the hold of demons and telling everyone that the Son of David was coming. However, Jesus led his disciples away from the town to go to Nazareth on the other side of the lake. It will appear as a pattern throughout these testimonies that the demonically possessed will call Jesus the Son of God. The phrase spoken by evil spirits is not a praise of Jesus. It is an insult and a blasphemy for anyone to be called son of God in the time of Jesus because it meant that the person did not have a man as his father. According to the book of Enoch, God prohibited his angels from having offspring with human females, and God would not have done this either. Son of God is an abomination. This fact may also be proven in the Qumran Scrolls, also known as the Dead Sea Scrolls. To describe the birth of Noah. The demons are referring to Judgment Day as described in the book of Enoch and the Revelations. Satan and other demons know about Judgment Day because all the fallen angels and the spirits of their offspring were condemned to remain on earth until the great day of Judgment when God will punish them along with the souls of sinners in the chasm of fire. Pagan heretics did not read the book of Enoch so they did not know the relevancy of the statements that demonically possessed were making. The final depaganizing stroke in chapter 8 is the omission of verses 31-34 through which fraudulently describe Jesus as sending demons into swine. The herding of swine was a European practice and Semitic peoples herded goats. There would not have been a herd of swine being tended by anyone in this region then any more than it is likely to occur today. The entire concept of Jesus being able to send demons into animals has the purpose of insinuating that he was a necromancer. It was a pagan curse in the testimony, and it has been removed. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.